Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Here's LeBanc shooting it in front to Meyer. Meyer scores! LeBanc to Meyer, and Meyer completes the hat trick. The fourth career hat trick for Timo Meyer. It makes the score. The Kraken six, the Sharks five, and San Jose's got a shot at it. Yeah, I think very indicative of uh, where we were mentally tonight. You know, a completely unnecessary puck goes over the glass. Uh, too many, you know, too many men on the ice penalty where a guy jumps, um, and just the turnovers, the sloppiness, and the lack of pride in puck possession just really cost us tonight. I mean, listen, they're a fast team. I give them a lot of credit. I mean, they they play at a pace, so. And, you know, they looked probably a little faster than they really are because I thought we played slow. And not only physically slow, but mentally, to your point, Chang, I mean, to, you know, to do the things we did tonight really was a reflection of us mentally. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome as we get ready for what should be a fun game tonight between the San Jose Sharks and the L.A. Kings. And the Kings, they're in a little bit of a bad stretch as of late, only 5-3-2 and in their last 10, and they've actually walked away with three straight losses. So this is an opportunity for the Sharks to gain some ground as they are three points back of Edmonton in fifth and four points back of Calgary in fourth. So, you know, even though the Sharks have not gotten off to a great start, there is still a lot in terms of what can happen as this season goes on. And I think the Sharks are looking for a big bounce-back performance after the way they played on Wednesday night. And listen, I understand that the Kraken are a good team early on in this season, and they are having great levels of success so far. They're in second in the division entering this morning. 11 wins, 5 losses, 3 overtime losses. But, you know, I don't think the Sharks expected to give up 8 goals. I don't think the Sharks expected to claw back and tie it at four, only to surrender four more goals. I mean, that was just a strange game in in many capacities. And for the Sharks, just an unfortunate performance for them. And one of their worst of the year. I mean, I remember when they gave up eight goals last year to Nashville. It seemed like that could be about as bad as it gets. But they managed to give up eight goals in this one. And yeah, you're going to have bad nights. I, I understand those are going to happen over the course of a year. That was just a really, really strange one for the Sharks. And that's twice now where they've rallied back to tie a game at four for multiple goals, only to see it absolutely blow up in their faces. So we will see if the Sharks are able to bounce back and have a much better performance tonight against the Kings than what they did against Seattle the other night. And of course, they've got Vancouver coming up Sunday late afternoon. So the Sharks do have time to make themselves a better team at home. They've only had two wins at home over the entirety of the year. Now they've got a chance to get a win at home against a Kings team that, you know, in recent history they've played pretty well against. We're going to get into that with Alex Faust, their TV play-by-play announcer, on the uh, in this episode. And also against Vancouver, a team that struggled out of the gates, not at all living up to their own lofty expectations. The, the Bruce Boudreaux effect that we all talked about last year, that has not been the case through the early goings of this year. So for more on the Kings and preview tonight's game, we are now joined 
by Alex Faust, who is the TV play-by-play voice for the LA Kings, who of course are in town tonight to take on the San Jose Sharks. Alex, happy holidays. We are officially in the season. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well, man, and excited to watch this matchup tonight because it's always fun when the Sharks and Kings get rolling and the, the Kings are a little bit ahead of where the Sharks are in terms of building back up towards their past greatness. And last year for the Kings, of course, was a big step in the right direction. And of course, now the Sharks are trying to catch up. But just from that perspective, does does it feel still like the Sharks and the Kings when they get together? Does that feel like a big game to you? Well, it does, especially, you know, I, I don't know about the feel in San Jose, but um, I, I know based on recent results the kings uh have this season series circled as one that they absolutely need and that they are focusing on uh you know the kings are only three seven and two their last 12 against san jose and one in five in their last six at the shark tank so uh you know there's there's going to be added incentive especially you know the kings have lost three straight coming in um you know, this is their longest losing streak of the season. And what was a promising start and what were high expectations for this club? Um, you know, this, this is a little bit of a, a critical part of the season for L.A. So they, they are really honing in on this game as a big one that they need to take. I feel like there are comparisons to one year ago when the Kings got off to a pretty good start and then maybe there were some bumps in the road, but obviously they were able to manage those bumps in the road and continue on to have a very good season, in my opinion, where, as opposed to Anaheim, who was right there with you, uh, fell off as the season went on. Yeah. Are, there, are there parallels to make to what you're seeing right now versus a year ago? I, you know, I, I think so. I, I think the Kings are still trying to find their identity and it, it seems, you know, silly to say on the surface when, you know, we're at the one quarter mark of the season and uh, you know, this is largely the same group as last year, but I think there's been a renewed focus for the Kings on goal scoring, but it seems to have hampered their defensive structure and, you know, there's there's lack of consistency in game. There's lack of consistency between games. The goaltending hasn't been as good as the team would have hoped. Uh, you know, the, the guy who's delivered the, the most uh, is the guy they acquired in the offseason, Kevin Fiala. Mm -hmm. uh, another three-point game on Tuesday night against the New York Rangers, coming off a career-high 85 points last season. Uh, he's been as good as advertised. Uh, you know, I think it's it's up to the rest of the group to to step up around him adrian kempe just one goal his last 12 Andre kopitar uh, hasn't had as much of a goal scoring punch as uh, as he's had in years past so you know this is an important game and you know especially knowing how how well eric carlson has played you mm -hmm. know I, I think the kings have had fits with him in the past uh, so you know there there is a little bit of concern but you know, I, I think on the on the end of the Kings, they're they're happy that they had a little bit of a break here with the holiday. Uh, they've got a favorable schedule coming up with a five game homestand next week. So, uh, you know, as mentioned, these are important games uh, for L.A. coming up. What's been the big difference between a week and a day ago in that game against Edmonton where Fiala scores early? Kings go on to a very convincing 3-1 win over Edmonton. And I was very impressed. And then it's a loss to the Canucks, the overtime loss uh, to the Kraken, who, by the way, we just saw. And they, they look um, yeah. convincing. And then, of course, the Rangers, um, you know, they are what they, you know, what we thought they would be. So, mm -hmm. you know, what, what's been the big difference with the Kings over these last three games? Uh, you know, I, I, I just think it's structure. It's um, and, and, and that's not to say that the system is breaking down. It's individual mistakes. Um, it's. You know, we hear the term a lot from head coach Todd McClellan about game management. 
and knowing how to read a situation uh, as opposed to simply just, um, you know, a play in front of you, you know, has momentum changed in the game? Has, uh, are, are all, you know, your assignments being covered? Uh, you know, it's little things that are breaking down and, you know, sometimes that's all the, the margin is in today's NHL, right? It's a one goal game seemingly every night, um, you know, so small, uh, you know, marginal things have come back to bite them. And, and a perfect example was uh, against the Rangers earlier in the week where, you know, they were up to nothing in the first period and seemingly in control of the game, but you know, they just, they didn't read that, you know, the, the Rangers have been building something up by the end of the first period. Uh, they got a little bit of a fluky goal to make it two one. All of a sudden the Kings are on their heel mm-hmm. uh, on their heels. So it's, it's little, um, you know, subtle things like that. Uh, which are seemingly biting the team right now. And, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if for the next little while, you know, instead of trying to run and gun a little bit, they try to lock it down and, and play, you know, for lack of a better term, boring hockey, just try to get some results and, and put some points together. Beyond Andre Kopitar, when they are in a difficult stretch like this, and considering this team is still building its way back, who do they lean on specifically? Um, that's a good question. You know, Andre Kopitar up front, obviously, is, is a huge part of this team's identity over the long haul. I would say Philip Deneau. Uh, you know, he was brought aboard mm-hmm. uh, last season, and, you know, he's, he's such a, you know, he's almost like Andre Kopitar 2.0, right? You know, he, he has some uh, a little bit more offense in him than I think uh, the Montreal Canadiens gave him credit for. Uh, he's so responsible in all three zones, great on faceoffs. Uh, he's developed. In, oops, sorry about that. Uh, he's developed incredible chemistry with uh, with uh, Trevor Moore and Victor Arvidsson on the on the team's second line. Um, it, it's it's been a thing of beauty to watch. I mean, honestly, that that line has been the team's best going on a year now. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think Deneau has been a huge acquisition for the club. Uh, it, without him, I don't think we make the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Right? He was just that integral to the team's success in the second half. So. Um, you know, I, I would say I would point to him. I think they're still trying to work on their, their blue line depth a little bit. Um, you know, Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty on the top pair have been good. Sean Dursey has, uh, you know, he's a great offensive defenseman, great puck mover. Um, you know, and they've got Brant Clark, a rookie coming along, who's uh, playing a couple conditioning games in the American Hockey League right now. But but I do think that there is a bit of a, a lack of depth on the blue line, especially on the left side that the Kings uh, need to correct. Well, that's a perfect segue to ask about Drew Doughty because I felt that he was very much in the same category of Eric Carlson in terms of signing the big deal. It's right. With defensemen, it's never fair to fully judge them by just their point production. I mean, obviously, we do look at that intensely for a reason. But with Drew Doughty, it's like, Listen, he's not out there for 26 minutes a game by accident. Like even if even if the point production isn't there, which isn't to say it hasn't been because I believe he's got what 13 points on the year at this point. Yeah. But, you know, I still watch him. I still watch him impact the game and it's the way that he does things that don't necessarily they're not reflected in a box score. And obviously, you know, we can I'm sure you and I could do 45 minutes on what isn't reflected mm. on a box score, but you know, I watch Drew Doughty and I'm like that's a top-tier defenseman. I don't care what anybody says. Well, I think he's focused a lot more on defending this year. Um, and that's not to say that he didn't in the past, but I, I think he's t- had a renewed focus on that. Just knowing where the team is at right now, um, we need a little bit more of a shutdown look from our blue line. Would we love to get more point production uh, from from our defensemen? Yeah, I mean, the Kings are towards the bottom of the league in that department. 
but I, you know, I, I just think given where we're at and what we need, uh, you know, Drew has, has focused on the defensive side of the game. And, and, and that's because partially, um, you know, he's playing those 26 minutes a night. You know, there, there's a reason why he's out there as much as he is. A, he's a really good player. And B, because in, in so many situations, he's their best defender every night. So he has to be out there in key situations. That's um, not a knock on the rest of the guys. That's just the reality that when you've got a Norris Trophy winner like that, um, you know, you need him out there uh, in, in many situations. And uh, he continues to, to be uh, just a marvel to watch and it continues to look like he's having a lot of fun out there. Was it unfair for Jonathan Quick to be not necessarily pressured, but the, the expectation for him to be as good as he was a year ago when that was definitely against the grain of where people thought he was going and he just you know shows up with an, an incredible year, especially at his age where everyone's kind of like, oh, right, we, let's remind, remind ourselves of who Jonathan Quick is. I, you know, I think it's less so about where Jonathan Quick is at and more so where his backup Cal Peterson mm-hmm. is at. Um, because th- there was an expectation that Cal would take a big step this year, and it really hasn't materialized. Quick is going to be, uh, you know, the same competitive goaltender he's always been. Um, you know, and, and that's not to say that he's he's been spectacular this year. I think he's been he's been good. Um, you know, maybe not great, but uh, you know, I think it really is up to Cal Peterson as the number two, and you know, what kind of um, workload he's going to get is entirely determined by how good he will be. Uh, the Kings are trying to uh, use him more. Uh, they they started him uh, the other night against the New York Rangers, and you know back to back starts once again. But each time it's happened, there's been just one goal that he wants back, mm-hmm. and it happened to be the game winner, uh, you know, late against Chris Kreider in the third period. So it's um, you know it, right now that's where the Kings are at. I think. <laughs> You know, we could talk all we want about, you know, the the structure and defending and whatnot, but uh, sometimes they need a save. And, uh, you know, I I think they're at the point of their season now where, uh, you know, they've they might have to go back to leaning on quick uh, once again, which they did last year. It's a great success. And, uh, you know, I I don't think you count Jonathan out ever. No, um, because he's such a great competitor. But uh, but right now that, you know, the team is. They're in a position where they need these points, and that's why there's, for sure, added importance on tonight's game. You know, a a friend of mine who is a big Kings fan, he was telling me that there is a sentiment that feel that, you know, you sign Peterson to the contract, you invest in him for the future, and then maybe that, I don't even know if it's development, but maybe in terms of the onus being on him was interrupted by Quick having that remarkable comeback a year ago and i don't think comeback's the right term but maybe return no, to form. i know what you mean though but do you buy into that i you know i think it's simply just a matter of you know he there's a lot of pressure because he signs this big contract and you know imagine you know you're you're the understudy for one of the greatest american-born goaltenders all time one of the greatest goalies ever in the nhl frankly and you're the understudy for him, and all of a sudden, you know, you're signing this contract where the organization is telling you, "Hey, it's your job now, buddy." And uh, you know that that's a it's a long um, skate from uh, you know wearing that hat on the bench as the number two mm-hmm. to you know being a regular starter as a number one in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, I I don't blame him one bit for for you know thinking about it coming in, but. You know, I, I do think that there's, uh, you know, there's pressure there for a reason, and the Kings do need him 
to, to step up and, and overcome, you know, whatever, uh, you know, whatever uh, challenges that uh, he may be facing, uh, just, you know, handling the role, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I think you can tell, you know, just by the words that I'm using, right. You know, this, this is no longer, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll work him in there. And, you know, he, he's been, you know, a, a He's been playing in the NHL since 2018. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's time. In terms of Todd McClellan, who Sharks fans know very well and appreciate very well, uh, you've gotten to know him uh, in your time with the Kings now, obviously. In terms of just watching him handling everything, um, still his blunt but occasionally spicy self, or have you watched more of an evolution in his personality? Because, I listen, I think Todd is low-key hilarious at times, and I'm not sure that everybody always picks up on his sense of humor, but, you know, a very interesting quote, very, very um, engaging guy when he wants to be. He doesn't always want to be the most long-winded, especially after some tough losses, but, you know, he's when he wants to say something, he will uh, he will find an effective way to say yeah. it, for lack of a better term. Yeah, he's uh, he's very honest. I'll give you that. He is uh, he will tell you what's on his mind. Um, you know, I, I think that's you know, it's shown in the last little while. There's been some visible frustration uh, post game. You know that you know the weight of expectations weren't just from you know external. Internally, mm-hmm. there were really heightened expectations and. Uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of frustration now, but yeah, I, I always appreciate a coach who will be honest about, um, you know, how he feels and, you know, how he truly feels the team is playing. Uh, because if you just get platitudes and coach speak, you can't use that. There's it's, it's there and gone. Um, I think each and every night we get a clear view of Todd McClellan's uh, perspective on how the team is playing, uh, whether it's good or bad. Uh, it's, you know, he will let you know how it is. Alex, appreciate your time, my friend, and I will see you tonight at the tank, all right? You got it. Thanks, man. Again, that is Alex Faust, the TV play-by-play voice of the LA Kings. And, uh, you know, the Sharks, to me, it's just a matter of you don't know which team is going to show up in any given game, and that's what makes it so confounding at times because you watch them and you're like, oh, this team is doing a lot of things really, really well, and it seems like they can be just about anybody as they showed on the road against Dallas, even though, yeah, they were front runners in that game and had to hold on. They still did enough to win. That's really all it takes in the NHL. You do enough to get a win, and yes, if you want to win a Stanley Cup, it's a little bit different, but you put yourself in a position to take advantage of like a 2-1 lead or you know, you get momentum to swing your way and you turn a 4-2 deficit into a 4-4 tie. You think that should be enough to carry you to a win or a better performance, but the Sharks have just, they've lacked that killer instinct. And I think that's something this team needs to develop, that when they have momentum going their way, they need to be able to put their foot on the, you know, throw to the opposition. They need to be able to completely flip the game in their favor. And yes, there is a talent thing that comes into play here, and there is a, a newness thing that comes into play. The Sharks are still learning who they are as a team. But as usual, it does come out of what we have seen as a consistency of this team, the inability to play for 60 minutes. And you're not going to play a perfect 60 minutes in any game, but you need to be able to put yourself in a position to take advantage of the moments that happen during the game. And far too often this year, the Sharks have not been able to do that. And again, we look for multiple steps forward, hopefully followed by fewer steps backwards, and that the overall trend is that it continues going in the right direction. 
I will say, though, and I know this is not exactly a measuring stick, but it's something that I personally enjoy, and is that the Sharks are fun to watch lately. I think that when I talk to people who are watching the games, they're very much entertained. Maybe that wasn't quite the case a year ago, and I think a big part of that is especially Eric Carlson, because right now the way he's been going, one of, if not the best player in the NHL through the start of this season, and just so much fun to watch. Every time he's got the puck on his stick, you feel like something can happen. That kind of excitement has been lacking for the San Jose Sharks, and so to see it happen right before our very eyes with the uh, the player of Eric Carlson living up to his expectations. It makes it really, really fun. And so hopefully tonight is another big test and a big opportunity for the Sharks to provide some entertaining hockey and hopefully some winning hockey. All right, we will see you at 7 o'clock for live pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.